Hi, this is your host, Woody Landeros. You're listening to Shut Up and Fail. Today, I'm here with Ramsey, music producer. Go ahead and introduce yourself, man. What up, guys? I'm Ramsey Beats, and uh, I'm a music producer from California. I'm based off of Los Angeles, and we're at the Woody Landoras Podcast Show. Yeah. <laughs> so what does your day-to-day look like, like as a music producer? Day-to-day, let's see. I wake up, I get, I get some good music going. I got to have inspiration every day. I get fresh in the day before I hit the studio. I have a, a nice breakfast with my pups, and then I take them on a nice walk to like get my brain, see some life out there before I go into the studio. Because you know, when you're in a studio, you're almost like boxed in, so you you don't get to see a lot of inspiration after that point. So I like to take it all in before I go in there, and then from there on on, it's studio time, and then it's going to the other studios to work with other artists, and then it's back to the studio and make more music. Yeah. I know we're supposed to be focusing on your whole music producing, but what kind of dogs do you have? Uh, well, let's see. The dogs are Marley. He's a multi-poo, I think, with like a terrier, but we think he's Havanese as well. And then my other dog, Lily, she's a Pomeranian, all white. Very nice. <laughs> They're yeah, cool I have, dogs. I have two them. dachshunds. Awesome. That's how I start out my morning. Just yeah. like my, like one dachshund's like right here on my neck, and another one's like you know, over here. Yep. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> they're like, they're the best. So tell me a little bit about like how you started or how you came about, you know, becoming a music producer. Honestly, like all of my years in high school, I was really inspired by a lot of the movements that were happening by like Kendrick Lamar and stuff before they were being their mainstream names today. I mean, I got to see a lot of these other musicians like Travis Scott, a lot of these other guys developing. So um, I was really inspired. Uh, I, was at a, I was at a time where I got to witness a lot of good music being created. And uh, I was just uh, an audience to it, you know? I was no means to be a creator. I really enjoyed everything that I was listening to. And it kind of took me to a place that uh, I, I didn't have to feel like I was going through shit. Because, you know, in high school, everyone has some bullshit they're going through. And uh, I just felt like, at that time, music was helping me escape from everything. And later on, I f- kind of felt this passion of, you know, I love listening to so much. Why why not make it? And yeah. so I, I, I dabbled into, you know, looking into investing in quality products and uh, equipment. And, you know, and then from there on, I kind of waited till I graduated high school to, you know, collect some graduation money and whatnot. And then yeah. I cashed out on all this music equipment. So it was your form of escape originally? Literally, yeah. Uh, before, like, you know, in high school you go and there's people who smoke pot and then there's people who drink and there's people who do pills and all that stuff. Everyone has their own escape. Um, I mean, I, I, didn't, I did mess around with everyone, everything once in a while with people, but those weren't my real escapes, you know. I didn't feel like it was an escape from that. I was just trying to have a good time with people, I guess. It was the real escape was listening to the music and, you know, just having those headphones in and listening to the stories more or less of these yeah. musicians. You know, it wasn't just let me listen to this music. I was yeah. really tuned in to the lifestyle of each musician that I listened to to see their development because mm-hmm. everybody was, you know, coming from a rough time, you know, just straight failing all the time. Yeah, especially yeah. in high school. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And so... Um, you, you went from a... You said you went from an audience member and then to actually doing it. Exactly. Where, when did that transition happen? 
I would say probably when I was about 18 years old, um, just like that summer after graduating high school, I, I think I was w- with my girlfriend one day and uh, we were went to a movie or something and at night I came home and I just sat and I, I was like, I, I don't want to be on this earth to not have a quality of um, just something that puts me who I am, distinguished, like makes me distinct. And yeah. I, I was like, I don't want to be just like everyone else. I want to stick out, you know, and... I want to find out that niche or that craft that's going to help me stick out. And I figured I've already been so passionate about music and I've already developed this like idea of being a music producer. Why not just do it? Yeah. What was the first step for you? Like to actually first step definitely towards it. Definitely buying the equipment. Yeah, because uh, like at least getting the program, something to get you going. Yeah, like a DAW, any DAW, just to let you see it. And then um, at the time when I first was getting into music, there wasn't really a lot of YouTube tutorials and there wasn't teachers like that. So you kind of either had to figure it out on your own or ha- hope that you knew somebody who could, you know, kind of show you that path. Um, it wasn't really a, a distinct thing yet, YouTube. So yeah. uh, for music producers, at least, it was still developing. That. So you didn't go through lessons first. Like you went through actually buying like everything that you needed exactly. to make something. Exactly. And then later on, actually, the guy who sold me my stuff at Guitar Center was cool enough. Shout out to Caesar. He was a cool guy. He um, he came over one day and kind of just set up my my equipment. And then I pay him $50. Just show me what how to work around the DAW, how mm-hmm. to put things together. And then uh, at that point, he we had done like three lessons and I felt like man I, I it wasn't clicking and I thought that's why I thought you know maybe music is not for everybody maybe you have to have that like almost gene or be born with it or you know be just in music your whole life to have it you know and I was like I you know at that point I kind of feared it and then I backed out and yeah I backed you, out s- you told me before the podcast that before you started you felt like you had that music that creativity to be able to make it Right, exactly. And then when you actually purchased the stuff, you were like, maybe I don't. Exactly. And that's exactly what happened. I felt like, oh, you know, I've been listening to it all of high school. I've literally, like, this, this, like, just, you know, I was literally looking for everything inside of songs, not just listening to the song. So I was like, man, I definitely feel like I can articulate my own song. Why not just do it? And then you get there and you sit in front of the computer and you don't know anything and you're just all this stuff hits you and you're like, oh, shit. Uh, this is not as easy as I thought it was going to be, you know, and I kind of backed out. I feared it and backed out for sure. How long did you back out for? Well over a year. So from that 18 summer that I had thought I had it, I was like, yeah, yeah, I can do this. I backed out. I waited till maybe when I turned 19 that next like uh, fall about, I was just like, yeah, I need to get back into it. I need to find something because I was just going to community college. I was had a part-time job. I was like, what makes me different from me? I go on Instagram and I see these young entrepreneurs doing all these other things from, you know, movie actors, modeling to athletes. And even the people that you're coming, you're coming out of high school with, they're doing a lot more. And I felt like, you know, a community college and just sitting at home every day with a part-time job wasn't going to do it for me in my life. You know, it wasn't there. Yeah. I think it's very interesting that you said that Instagram made you feel like that because a lot of times for me when I go on Instagram, I feel more of like a, in, in a negative way because mm-hmm. I feel like everybody's doing Speak. all this stuff exactly. and like it's more of a, a competitive right. feeling where it kind of pushes you down. But I like how it 
actually made you do something about it. Exactly. You know, it made you see how yeah. creative other individuals I know. were. And uh, you, nowadays you see a lot of, they say millennials were millennials and this and that. I, I don't really know if that's a real thing or not because I don't, I don't see life like that. Everyone is their own individual. You can't put a stamp on a generation. We're just generations after the other, you know? We're just learning off of the past generation, you know? Um, and so the fact that I got to see people doing things. I was like, you know what? If these people are going to do it, why not do it myself? You know? Yeah. And I took that initiative. And instead of everyone's like, oh, they're having the best life. I, I'm never going to have that. And then sit in your sorrows with a broken heart. Uh, no, thanks. Um, I'm not going to do that. I told myself why. I just was like, it, there's no need to. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big le- uh, For last week or two weeks ago, I completely shut down from Instagram. Okay. I just like it was like I'm overwhelmed. Right. It was just a lot of information. I just felt like where does my art fit in and like I kind of felt mixed in. Okay. And I think that kind of compares to what you said before the podcast that mm-hmm. there's so many um music producers in the YouTube world where you kind of get shuffled in. Right. How do you feel now seeing Instagram and seeing YouTube like On a- like going from starting to now actually doing it? Well, now it's just honestly like a business. It's a business platform for me. It really is. It's for me to communicate with other artists, with other producers, to get other people's personal information, to get my things out there. So in a sense, it's just a big uh, community to help everyone else out. You know, if we can all help each other out, then we can all be successful. Then it's just going to be a world full of people who are successful generations and we can pass that on to the next generation instead of trying to create a failing generation, you know, for the next upcoming ones. So, um, I definitely thought that for sure. Yeah. Uh, talking about failing, I want to go just straight to the story that we were talking about, which is you saying that you've, you're failing every single day. Exactly. Explain, can I explain what that yeah, means? Yeah, so I, what I mean by failing every day is I'm sure a lot of music producers that know if you're in the industry, it's really difficult to get your first placement. We all know that artists aren't just going to hop on any track just because you sent them a beat pack. It's very important that that song is going to stick out because in today's generation, we have people who are releasing tracks day in, day out, and the quality just keeps getting better and better. And the listeners... They want more and more. So the important thing to these artists is to make sure that the listener is going to get the quality that they're going to expect. So and when you're in a producer like me and all the other ones in the industry, when we take in our time day in, day out to find these emails from ARs and hit, hit these artists up, and we're constantly sending beat packs out, and, you know, we're constantly waiting months and months to find out, you know, are we going to get placed or not? And day in, day out, you just feel that pressure of failure, like, man, until that day I get that placement, I will not feel that accomplishment, or it may not even be that placement, but that that plaque, you know, I mean, we all sit here and see other producers getting all this success, and you, that's all you want from your music, you know, yeah. you want people to recognize it, it's just like a trophy, and so you're in, a, if you're in a competition, you want that first place trophy, definitely, and uh all, all of us music producers, we all struggle that every day, I feel like. Even the ones that are making it, they'll send out hundreds of packs. And sometimes it just doesn't happen with that artist. It's that's, just, that's where I got amazed. Is I asked you, do you have any beats on hand? And you said, I have 
Yeah, hundreds right now, probably hundreds of beats ready. Yeah, ready to go. It's important. That's insane. Yeah, and and I and I sit there and think, well, there's guys probably who have way more than I do, or hundreds. The guys who are already working with Kendrick Lamar, or Travis Scott, you know, imagine the the amount of quantity that they need for them because they they want a lot in the the time period. They probably out of those twelve to fifteen songs in that album, they probably went through six hundred beats just to find out those twelve beats. You know, wow. how want. many beats on average do you make a year? A year, I want to say five hundred, six hundred beats a year. Yeah, Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> if I can, and in a day, in an average day, we, I'm I'm capable of doing five to ten beats a day. So, it just depends how I feel. I mean, every producer has their days, or it's called they call it beat block and it's just i mean any creator called their creative block and you know you just got to find out what gets you out of it the quickest and yeah. once you figure that out you're you're set so what what is that that gets you for, out of it for me it's personally like i just go enjoy my life a little bit if i'm getting that much beat block i'll go to the beach or something i would take my girlfriend out we'll go eat have a drink or something you know just go maybe even look at we'll go to an art museum or go watch some live music something to just take you away from your craft for just a little bit, you know, um, maybe working out for some people, but it definitely don't force yourself to force create. It's not the best. It can yeah. be for some people, but um, it usually doesn't work out the best. Yeah. I did a video on all about creative block and it was pretty much exactly what you said, uh -huh. like to get up, step out, you know, go look at other art or even just flush everything out and just experience yeah. life itself. Yeah, exactly. So it's, that's awesome that you actually said that. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, as a creator, I you don't think of it when you jump into this, uh, any kind of creative industry, you don't really think, oh, I'll have a creative block until you actually experience it. You're like, whoa, it, it's an actual thing and it can actually mm -hmm. stop you from being creative and it, it can be frustrating, absolutely, I think. Yeah. So to make 500 or 600 beats a year, like what what type of inspiration or where are you pulling it from like um would you say artists music artists or visual artists different uh, it's to me honestly it's the the younger generations who are developing these newer songs even some of these younger producers I listen to but it really is I don't really look up to the guys who have art like the names that are already out there who are making platinum hits I do listen to them I think they're great but I really like to experiment and discover these new sounds that these younger younger generations are coming up with because it's really interesting the kind of creativity that they come up with because when i was their age the creativity wasn't this wild mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah it was just it was a, it's a different place today with the youth so i really like even though i'm only 23 right now i'm still really young as well but i really like to learn from the, the generations under me right now the younger people because they they really have something going it's kind of interesting what's all going on right now what do you think has changed well, I think that the the there's a factor of the the sound. Everyone obviously picks up sounds from what's happening right now, so they're going to look up to their inspiration and so they'll develop a sound off of that and then they develop their own sound. So it's kind of interesting just like um Juice World's a great example. People I've known Juice World way before he was a huge name. I knew him maybe when he had 3,000 followers on Instagram. 5,000 people on SoundCloud. No one knew he was, you know? And uh, I remember seeing a lot of people critique him saying, you know, oh, he sounds just like Post Malone or it's just like this. And, you know, if we look at him today, he's above all those guys, mm -hmm. you know? And the fact that people contradicted his sound and everything was so on their bad because look at where he's at today. I mean, we could have said all day he sounds like Post Malone, but 
I mean, yeah. he created his own sound after that. And that's what I think these artists, these younger ones that are coming up, they learn how to pick up a sound from a big name that they're developing. And then they kind of niche it their own way and create their, it takes time to develop uh, an artist takes a very long time for them to make their own style as a music, like vocalist, uh, you know, from their own flow to their own, uh, cadence to the song. It, it really does take a, a pure craft to develop. So, I feel like it's not fair when some of these, uh, you know, people who uh, dictate the songs or just in, you know, in general want to debate about music. They don't give these guys enough chance to develop. They just go right away to the yeah. fact that, oh, they sound like this person. It's not fair, I don't think. And so it's to me, I try to block that out. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I give these people a chance because they might be big. I mean, look at Juice World. He's literally number one. And I could tell anyone in day, broad daylight, this guy is going to be one of the biggest artists in a couple of years. And he is. He's huge. Yeah. So from you starting out to like from the time period that you started out to now, how has your music developed? Oh, it's awesome. Um, it's really cool because the producer who developed Juice World, his name is Nick Mira. Shout out to him and the Internet Money team. They had a channel on YouTube and that's kind of where I started to pick up lessons through Nick and... Um, I would just really day in, day out, watch his videos. It was really in, enjoying. And the coolest part about him, a lot of people don't know, is before he started to get a name for developing Juice World Sound, he, no one knew what he looked like. He was un, unidentified. He was just a YouTube producer. His social media didn't have a single picture of him. I knew his age was anywhere from 14 to 17. That's about it from him talking on the YouTube channel. And uh, I was about 20, so I'm like, man, this kid is really a beast. Like, I wish I was what he was doing at that age. So I really was like, I'm, I'm going to learn everything this kid knows because he's definitely on the right track. And a lot of people don't know, he really is the big reason Juice World Sound is what today he came up with that almost uh, emotional, uh, emo, trap, hip-hop style. That We have to give credit to Nick Mira. He's the one... And who created that. And I think that is what makes producers like Metro Boom and all those big names, uh, Turbo, um, they all stick out because they all made a certain developed sound for that artist through their producing, which even helped that artist stick out that much more. And so, um, you know, you know, shout out to Nick Muir because honestly, that's how I developed my sound. And he, he didn't even know, I don't think, that the sound that he was going in that direction was going to be an emotional trap uh Mm -hmm. emo vibe i mean i'm sure everyone heard it from like little peep and all those r.i.p to little peep and all those good music you know um th that that sound kind of developed in me because i used to make you know different stuff like lo-fi boom bap and then two years later i'm on this like i can make like i'm really on that melodic happy almost like little uzi vert feel and then i, I go on a side where i'm darker emotional trap you know just kind of pour your heart out into this track yeah. stuff. So I, I definitely it. have developed a different sound from where I started, I would say. I love it. And for those of you guys that are wondering, where can we find these beats? Because he's really, I feel like he's dropping yeah. a lot of knowledge. Yeah. Um, it's all in the description. Yeah. You guys can check it out. We'll link his website where you can for purchase sure. his beats and all Thanks, this. So. Um, but kind of back to the podcast, what, like, if somebody was starting out in music producing and in that same sort of state where you kind of feel okay. like you're failing... Um, what would you what would you tell them? That it, it, there is a time where you have to sit back and realize that you have to be patient. There's no, I want this tomorrow. I want this next week. Um, 
I want this next month even. It's it's really a time of development, you know. It really is sit down, develop a craft, develop the sound, make sure that you've perfected the sound, make sure you've perfected your quality of music. And then from there, you can start to really focus on nailing putting the nail on who you want those tracks to be with you know and start to send try to discover those artists emails or maybe their managers emails and kind of just slowly build a connection with them and then you can start to send out tracks to them but um you got to be patient i want to say the younger producers just have fun learn with it and don't worry about the side of i'm not big i don't have the best beat i don't have money from it it all that, put that all to the side and worry about those those things. Each one will come at a time of um, at its time that it's uh, proper, I would say. So it's just uh, it's just a very very um, difficult thing to like be in because you always are going to see people who are better than you in music producing. You're always going to see people who are, who are making next hits, but you can't let the the outside discourage you it's one thing that music producers lack is we let all the other people's success destroy us and it's not okay because they were where we were once and we have to just realize that it took them a long time to get there and if we want what they want we have to go through the struggles so it's just the fair you know way of how the universe works mm -hmm. Would you say that it like any of those are still distractions to you? Oh yeah, to you know, like speaking of Nick Mira, I mean, even though he's my biggest inspiration, he's my biggest competition. I would say not just him, but the whole internet money team, all of any big producer. You know, they're all my competition. At the end of the day, they're the other teams. So, at the end of the day, I have to put what I'm learning from them. Even though I feel like oh, I have this great inspiration and connection there's also this fuel and fire to be better than them to get a better track out there or make a plaque and you know and more importantly to let them know that you know yeah you were once a no-name a failure and now look where you are you're distinct because you actually got that song out there you made it placed you worked your ass off and you made sure you got what you wanted yeah yeah I see that the same way with dancing because right. I, I always look I look up to different dancers but okay. sometimes they drop like it's the same way in music like they drop a track and you're like dang that was good right it was really like, good you're like whoa <laughs> and then you kind of feel like okay i need to get back i need to get back on the floor i need to get back in the studio whatever it is right and i need to make something because okay. because that was awesome yeah exactly know? and that's how i feel with them i'll i'll hear like nick every time he comes out with a great song because he's a phenomenal producer i instantly hear it and i get like this this creative jitters i'm like man i gotta go in the studio now and just try to make something better it just it really it really is a, like an awesome feeling to see these guys who are making the songs, and then it just makes you want to fight back and burn. So without them, I would I feel like I wouldn't have that encouragement to keep going. So mm -hmm. in a way, it's good to have people who are. It's a maybe, positive comparison. Yeah, it can just try. I guess to let people know, just don't try to look at things in a negative aspect. You know, even though they're having success, you know, just try to get inspired by that and be creative and try to do what take the path on that they took, you know, and yeah. take what's, it on your own. What's your, um, what would you say like your most creative song is so far, your favorite song that you've made? For an artist or for my just producing in general? For your personal, so yeah, just producing. Um, I have, I think that there was a track I showed you right before. It's the one that I personally have sent to Juice World recently to his A&R. I think that's definitely one of the more distinctive ones I've had. Just 
the ones that I feel like you can really feel the emotion through the song and you feel the, the different steps that it's going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one really stinks, sticks out to me, the, the, the different um, different sequences I put through it to go through it almost as you could feel the story before the lyrics are there. And I, I, I haven't had that feeling with the track yet. So I feel like this one is important and it might might stick out. I have so many right now, so... I can't really remember, but there's so many on there. Yeah, like I could bounce back and forth which one's my favorite right now, but I might make my favorite one tonight. Yeah. That's usually what happens. I'll I'll make my favorite one, I quote-unquote, say the day before, and then two days later I made a better beat or something, to my, in my opinion. But, you know, I, then I, I always send out my tracks and show other producers and get them to critique it. Even the Internet Money team, they always do on Twitch, you know, just – critiques on beats i also recommend that to any young producers if you are gonna you know let let your music um give it get a chance let people critique it and let let them be real about it let them tell you negative things about it because that's important you want them to say things so you can go back and change it because that's really at the end of the day how you're going to perfect your sound so um that's uh, helps me you know i love to get my beats critique because there's always something that another creative mind is going to hear that you didn't hear. Yeah. And it helps out. That honesty is so important. Right. I, this last, uh, maybe two years, I started collaborating more with other artists because before that I was just like a solo act. Okay. I just felt like, you know, this is my art and this is who I am and don't, don't touch it or don't adjust it. Exactly. Um, and these past two years, I think just being with, um, with Rebecca, my girlfriend, uh-huh. she's been able to kind of critique and tell me different things or collaborate or say, oh, can, can I control it and can I um, edit the video too? And I went through a little bit of like a frust- like a like a place of frustration where I was like, no, this is how it is and that's right. my art. And if you don't like it, then you don't have to look at it. Um, but I think when you do accept those critiques and you, when you start collaborating, that's when the real growth comes. Exactly. And that's when like all of my videos, I feel like they went from like, nothing to something because i actually started listening to everybody around me because there are i mean it might not be the smartest person in the world Uh that's standing in front of you but they might say something that sparks exactly you know sparks your mind or sparks your um that sort of creative juice to be able to change and think differently Uh and not be so closed off right from looking at um back at what you what you said you said that it was very like deep and emotional and um there was more layers to the songs that you liked more? Yeah. Um, what do you mean by that? Like when you say layers and just to kind of clarify to the Like viewers. when you mean layers, just by like the instru- instrumentals behind the song, you obviously you have like your, your main melody, they, they like to call it. And then you have your, your counter melodies and then you've got your drum patterns. And I just really liked how um, a lot of the song had different elements that counteracted with my main melody. And then the drums just really bounced with the in, the instruments that I played, like the couple of the guitars and keys that I had on there. It's just really nice. And uh, I think the definitely it, you don't always have to have a lot of layers. All producers know you can mm-hmm. make a simple, simple song and it can be a hit. Yeah. Um, but this one in particular I made, it just had different elements that um, took me there. And honestly, I saw a, a Genius video recently with Perps on the beat. He showed a Juice World tutorial or beat breakdown of... Uh, do you hear me calling by Juice World, the recent like number one song on the charts right now from him, and uh, he showed like just layers of weird things that he did, like mm-hmm. weird hums, and you wouldn't think like those sounds were in the background of the song, and it kind of just opened my uh, 
eyes to this, adding different little things to the song, yeah. you know, that love I, it. I was like wowed by it. So it was really interesting to see. Love it. Love it. All right, guys. Well, that's pretty much it for the podcast. It was great having you. Thank seriously, you seriously. If Thank you have you any um, tags, any shout outs, anything you want to do. Yeah. Um, mic's if, on you. Shout out to my girlfriend, honestly, at the little artist, A-L-I-L artist. Um, she's honestly been my biggest inspiration. She's been there for me through everything. She's the one who's kind of pushed me to be where I'm at today as a music producer. And she's helped me get that creative space. Without her, I wouldn't even have the studio to begin with. She kind of helped me get going and get it there. And she's a huge inspiration because she's an artist and yet she doesn't do the fun for herself. She's all about giving back to animal shelters. And I wish I was, you know, doing as well as her in my music to fund back to something and I eventually will. But I think that she's trying to portray to the world that we don't all have to make a business and then take all that funds. We can help other people if we if we're capable of it, we should. And uh that's why she's like my biggest inspiration. And shout out to my whole team like Taja Kel, uh Mondo Beats, Jerry all those guys, they're, they're, they've been through thick and thin with me, and they're going to be there when I make it, and they're going to be there when I get all my hit placements and tracks, and they've, they've been with my side, you know, shout out to all of them, shout out, shout out to Rodriguez Show, they're like the first radio show that put me on as a producer, and uh, they, they believed in me, and I'm still on my way up, and shout out to my family, <laughs> they've love it. got to be with family. Love it, love it, we'll go ahead and link everything in the description, guys, sure. thank, thank you, you guys, guys for listening.